0: Dan Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the how to be an elite advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Andy. Uh, And today we're going to talk
1: about the limiting beliefs that all of us feel. Everyone has these. Yes. Which is one of the... The lies of limiting beliefs is one of them. Is that other people don't have these? <laughs> yes, which is very meta. That is a prominent one for sure. Yeah, other people don't think like I think. Other people's experiences are very, very unique. Mm-hmm. Or I, no, I, my experience is very unique. No one else feels this. No one else thinks this way. Um, and so we've recently been working within our community on mindset and talking to them about you know their fears, insecurities, the stories they tell themselves, mm-hmm. and uh, it's. It's awesome, because once you get those things out and also uh with with our group trainings like we we have we focus on this, this is actually the first part of our how to charge live events and the they you get this very universal thing mm-hmm. where right you're all wrong about feeling unique mm-hmm. uh, you're unique people, but your thoughts are not unique I have a, a mentor uh, that I work with that he works with a lot of business owners and and he made a
0: bold statement um and I'm gonna make the same bold statement. And rarely is this true, but I will go, I will venture to say an entrepreneur, all of us that are in this business, that we are scared every day. Fear is, it should be normalized. Mm. Not, it's not a trigger that we're doing something wrong and that when I meet with advisors and I can say to them, no, oh yeah, last Tuesday I was, I was scared. A client said something that triggered something in me that was, you know, all of a sudden I wanted to please them. And, and so all these limiting beliefs, like we all have them. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is to never win in business when it comes to, am I scared today? Do I have living and believe? Do I have imposter syndrome? And so the, the goal of today's podcast is to kind of, let's put it all on the table and
1: normalize it so we can all just say, oh, you felt that then? Hey, the question is, when did you feel it? Not if you do. So let's start there. Let's start by defining that the goal is not, the goal is not to no longer be scared. I think about, and it's, it's easy to reference the big ones, but I think it's because they're, they're humanity on steroids. But I think about Elon Musk, I think about these larger entrepreneurs and, and recently, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but, um, um, who's the investment, uh, out of Omaha, Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, it was talking about Elon Musk. And he's like, I cannot do what Elon does. He, he said, My job is to find things that are not risky <laughs> yeah. and and put my money there and have it grow. He said, He said, Elon is just unique and special in that like he just runs towards risk. Mm-hmm. And he, he you know, I tell people like, Did you know that Elon Musk like started PayPal? And they're like, What? Like, because that wasn't enough. He had to go start this and then start this and start this. And I think that the first thing we have to establish is that the, the goal is not to eliminate being scared or fear. And I think about that in regards to the sort of traditional success is I'm going to have enough so I don't have to worry anymore (laughs) or be scared and then do things that are not risky like that. I just think about people. And again, if you play golf, great play golf. But is is the real finish line to not do anything risky at a certain age and just sort of coast Mm. and put yourself in situations where you're no longer challenged? Like for many people, that's the goal.
0: So and what and do that, you do? Yeah, that was and that was my story was I want to make just enough to to not be scared every day. And as I got closer to that place, realizing, you know, the I was no longer growing. And where we all have to get to is eventually is like embracing fear, embracing sadness. And I was on a call even this morning with men talking about, you know, this great ministry called Tin Man, where it's like, if you want to live life, you have to embrace all of this stuff mm. that uh one of the mentors on there was talking about with his grandkids and they were moving away and he was like in a moment, I was so happy that I was on the floor playing with them and you know, I, was, I was crying at the same time. Mm. And so I think within business and, and, and for advisors, because we are all entrepreneurs, like this is, this is hard managing teams, dealing with clients, it's money, it's so emotional. Like we have chosen one of probably the most difficult, emotional, challenging careers. And no, the there's pr- so much the proof of that is
1: retention. The proof oh, yeah. of how hard it is is how many people are left. Like I talk, people talk about how hard baseball is. You can be one of the best in the world. And you can fail 70% of the time batting. You know, like you bat 300, like, oh, you're really good. I'm like, imagine if your waiter got the order wrong 70% of the time. <laughs> you know, the dentist 70% of the time messed up teeth. Like they wouldn't be a dentist anymore, right? Yep. So again, identifying, and I would submit this to Stan, as you said it, because I'm not sure it's actually true that like everybody in this business is an entrepreneur. Like, I think those who really, really, really struggle in this business and who end up leaving or just are uber mediocre, mm-hmm they don't view themselves as entrepreneurs. They're, 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 they do sometimes entrepreneurial kind of stuff, but I just know that the people who do excel, the mm-hmm. people who do last, the people who get the most out of what this business has the potential of, which mm-hmm. is almost unlimited, yeah. they are entrepreneurs. They are thinking like entrepreneurs. They are scared mm-hmm. and they're doing it anyway. Yeah, I think the
0: path, the path is hard, no matter who you are. You then have to, those people that leave, they have to decide if they want to be on it or not. So, so if you're in this business, you're an entrepreneur, like whether you like it or not, and it's going to come with all these feelings. You have to decide, am I the type of person, and we all have to get to this place in life to some degree, unless we just run away from it, is, can I sit in this? Can I lean into it? And so I've learned, and I'm so thankful for this, because I was the opposite growing up. You know, fear was a trigger to run away. Comfort was the goal. Like that was so hardwired into me to where with client stuff, with team stuff, it's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to sit in this thing. It doesn't feel good right now, but it's probably an indicator that something good is about to happen. Something is about to be revealed. I'm going to be forced to do something different. Yeah. And and that and I observe people like it's a superpower to be calm in the midst of chaos. Yeah. And what's behind that is so much work, but also there's a confidence, there's there's a faith component to that of just like this will work itself out. Mm. And and I will if I don't have the answer now, I'm capable of going and finding it. And but this is a a process. Like there's never a a finish line to this yeah, yeah. but as entrepreneurs as advisors can we just embrace the tension of it all so that it's not constantly knocking us off path
1: yeah and i love the embrace the tension i also think about that you run towards tension mm-hmm. right uh, we were talking earlier or, or
0: lean into it
1: <laughs> i used to run at it and that can scare maybe people. yeah maybe lean not. into maybe it maybe not like <laughs> i'm what are you doing i'm looking for a, a fire a house on fire to run into <laughs> yeah, like, sure. just wait till that happens it'll happen <laughs> Um, you're psycho. You're a psycho if you do is that. It, it. Um, but I love. We were talking before about people's idea of courage, and you know, to be courageous or to be brave. By definition, there has to be something scary involved. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so for those who are courageous or brave in, in, and achieve a lot, there has to be some measure of risk involved mm-hmm. or fear involved. And so, bravery and courage are taking action in the presence mm. of fear. And so and, and I think that's a great measure of success. Like no one's impressed I'm pausing because I might offend people. I thought that was for like dramatic effect. It is somewhat okay. dramatic. But <laughs> Al, you can you can correct me. I'm not I'm not I'm it, not man. an advisor. So I but I was we're, would we're say, an edgy podcast. Um, just go out there. That's yeah, we get the people. explicit like <laughs> you remember in the nineties when they added the explicit oh, yeah. to albums? And my mom was like, No. That's right. Anyway, you don't understand. We do not have an explicit label on our podcast. But I I'll say this and you can clarify if I'm wrong. No one's impressed if your dad was in the business and he sold you their book he sold you his book of business for like super cheap because he just wanted to get out of it. Like like you might be great at what you do, mm-hmm. but no one's like, Oh wow, that's really impressive. Now what you do with that book, mm-hmm. how you continue to grow the business, maybe you take it and you say, Hey, that was last generation, I'm new generation, and I'm gonna do some crazy cool stuff with it and I'm gonna make it more dynamic and grow it or whatever like that's impressive Mm -hmm. but my point is like no one's impressed that someone was like born into a wealthy family meaning there's it's not impressive without the story without the pressure without Mm -hmm. the the like when when people are inspired when they're like so Stan tell us how you built your business and you're like oh I moved from uh, West Coast to Nashville Tennessee and I didn't really know anybody and you're like you're like dude that so what did you do and Mm -hmm. you're like hustled man like that's an impressive story. Yeah, and and again, things and I, that I've are-
0: met advisors that know that they wouldn't reject their family business. No, no, they but got- they recognize there's some uh, obstacles because of it that mm. that, that this could be actually limit my potential. And I know advisors that they will not let their children enter their practice yeah. until they go work somewhere else for years, and eventually nice. you kind of earn your way back into the yeah. business. Yeah. Because some great things, and I met advisors and people, even clients, where I was like, would well, you have changed anything? You've created a really easy path for your kids. And sometimes they're like, I understand, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do it different. Because mm. our kids, and so, but even that is kind of like, what's what's the fear in that? Is that advisor might feel like I'm an imposter. If anybody actually yeah. knew that it was handed to me, they wouldn't respect me. Right. And it's like, okay, that's true, yeah. potentially, but like, what are you going to do with that?
1: I think about the fear that someone if someone is really sort of handed a business. They would say, well, I have to keep it the way it was. mm yeah, because, supposed to make you your own would, and take a yeah, risk right yeah. so again there's fear there like i think the lot my point is people aren't impressed when there isn't some difficulty involved mm-hmm. and i don't think that we reach our potential without difficulty that's true like that's that's just the reality of like people who don't have to work very hard for things generally don't turn out very well in life meaning at the lowest of low mm-hmm. in our society if you're just handed things free mm-hmm. by everyone like That's not very inspiring. And at the highest heights of wealth and achievement, Mm -hmm. if you didn't have to do anything, think about nepotism, like people get hired because they're Mm -hmm. related or whatever. Like, I see this a lot. I'll say this with total confidence. I see this a lot in churches. When you have like four family members that all work at the church, Mm -hmm. and you're like dad's head pastor, and then daughter is here, and son, that does not go well. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen so many institutions blow up because of they just try to make it too easy, versus people who are just like, I'm gonna fight through my fear and I'm gonna reach my potential because it's difficult. And yeah. and I think that what we're trying to focus in on today is that those who do really well understand and recognize that they're feeling fear, mm-hmm. that they're afraid, and they do it anyway. Yep. Yeah. Let's dive into some of these specific categories. We
0: got some great feedback from some of our community members. And really just as we teach firms and we we constantly hear this feedback, Like, there's common themes here that we can all relate to, which I love because it's like, wait, we all know this happens. So as opposed to like denying that it's happening or putting on a face, we're just going to say, oh yeah, I'm scared all the time. Great. Well, what do you do with it? That should really be the question we have.
1: Let's start with this one. And I'm sure there's more categories, but this is the first few that we have, which is first, the first fear or or obstacle people experience is just their own self-worth mm. and so here's a couple um these are from advisors uh i don't come from money hmm. so somehow that disqualifies them from telling other people who maybe they came from money or just how to handle their money mm-hmm. again these aren't always going to make sense because they're fears yeah yeah so
0: i hear that i hear um one i'm not worthy of success because yeah. i didn't come from money that's a, that's a it's a great excuse for not having successful practice because we look and we assume this i i had this all the time when advisors hadn't met me and they would hear about my practice or my path like he came from money he a book was given like you almost our 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 heart really wants to make up a bunch of excuses why not to accept that like this other person's figure something out that yeah. i'm not because yeah. if i agree to that it means that they're better than me or whatever those those limiting beliefs or self doubt is so when i hear that it's it's an excuse for my, me not being successful, but also it's a limiting belief on why I, I'm not able to have those conversations or run in
1: those circles. Because yeah. who am I to even put myself forward? One of the most difficult things about difficult things or fears is that you can just own them. You, you can just hold on to them, and you're like, "But this is the reality." Yeah. Even and and the difference is again, you take action in spite of that fear, That's right? right? Yeah. So, um this there's somewhat scarcity but also worth um uh this person is too wealthy and already has an advisor in place mm. again the story that like yeah that might be true but can you not be a better advisor mm-hmm. than that and wouldn't they be if you are a better advisor a better planner then shouldn't you want them to be on your team i think about this as a coach i see we played a, a, a team this weekend and there's like four kids on their team that I literally was like, please come play on my team because you guys are so good, but you're coached horribly. Mm-hmm. And they weren't having fun and they were their talent. I could tell they were talented but they just weren't coached very well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's not selfish. It's like, hey, I I, I want, you should want more clients because you're good at what you do. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. And, and within this limiting belief
0: and this, the emotion around this, is I've met advisors before that, that have enough confidence to put themselves in a position to maybe have success, but uh-huh. as soon as there's pushback, as soon as they sense doubt from the client or are challenged, interesting, they retreat. Really? Because it was like, hey, if I get an easy yes, then I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it, but my confidence cannot handle even the, the, the scent of rejection or mm. pushback. And I know that was, for me, earlier in my career, I had enough confidence to, to ask for a meeting with somebody that was yeah. more sophisticated But when faced in the meeting with that doesn't make sense, that's not what somebody else said, I would kind of, I would act like like they're, it's
1: like they're, they're brave enough to show up for the, the battle. But anytime, but when someone starts fighting, if you will, that they're Mm -hmm. like, I'm out. Yeah. And I think those are two different, it's a great point. It's a a nuanced thing. And again, I hope some of you are listening might be like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like, good. That's good. You're recognizing that, Mm -hmm. that you're like, man, I can get it. But like the minute they resist, I just go, yeah, you're right. And for me, a big, big, growth point within
0: my practice is when I have higher maintenance clients or strong personalities, I work with entrepreneurs and the good news is they're successful, but the trade-off is that like they're going to push back. And it's kind of my personality as well. And I have to be able to sit in that. So if a client calls and says, Stan, what's going on? And I'm just like, okay, there's probably something else going on. Like, what do you mean? Oh man, that would be frustrating. As opposed to like, hey, what are you talking about? I didn't do that because now all of a sudden I feel attacked or accused. And what that used to trigger in me was something totally different now where I'm like, this person's having an experience. I'm going to be professional and mature and let them vent and I'm going to be curious yeah and that's a totally different posture I'm still feeling all the same stuff yeah the triggers are still deep inside of me I'm just able to kind of grab it before it takes hold and sit in it sit in it and let the thing play out yeah I'm not under the illusion that someday any of my limiting beliefs about like saying you came from nothing nobody in your family ever had success will ever just disappear yeah yeah. I'm just going to be like oh that thing's happening now
1: yeah and it's, it's the acknowledgement of like oh that's here again I mean, think about if someone came to your door. You don't want to be at your door. Knock. You open the door and you go, "Oh, you're here again." Okay, bye. Like you can acknowledge they're there, but That's you don't right. have to go. Well, all right, come in. Yep. Let me make you know. Let me make you some food. Make yourself comfortable. <laughs> That's right. Hang out a while. Overstay, your welcome. Uh-huh. Move in with me. Yeah. No, you can go. Oh, you're here. All right, get out. Yep. But I. But I think the problem is that people think that the fear will just stop showing up in mm-hmm. reality is like the more difficult things you do, the more that they're going to show up at the front door Yep. and you just have to go, yep, they're here again. Yep. They're here again. Yep. They're here again. Mm-hmm. But maybe you, maybe you want to get more situations where fear is at the door mm-hmm. because then you know, like I'm doing scary stuff. Yeah. Right. That's good.
0: Uh, let's jump into another category
1: here. Um,
0: scarcity. We hear yeah. that all the time. Um, the idea that this will cause you to cling on to whether it's poor prospects or frustrating clients because you yeah. feel like this is the only one. Um, at times it may cause you to compromise yourself in business because you feel like you have to beat out another advisor so you yeah. say something you this usually one right here. say. If
1: I disagree too heavily with a client or stand my ground, they will fire me.
0: Mm. Which is amazing because and I felt that in the past before, but whenever I leaned in, I finally realized, because this is what I would want, if I'm paying a professional that's supposed to be an expert in something, I would want them to stand their ground. I want them to have some
1: resolve. I want them to tell me what to do and be able to sit in Great it. Great example, ready? You ever go to a restaurant? I do this all the time. <laughs> you do do but this all the time. A bad, ask them, here's a bad thing. Yeah, tell Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, you do it. I just, no, tell me. I've, I've just I'm seen listening. you do it up. Yeah, what do I do? To you ask them what's good. What's good? And <laughs> if they're like, oh, everything, then I'm like, eh, 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 alarm bells. <laughs> <We're not even laughs> sure. everything is good. That means like nothing is good. Yeah. I right? like- I'm at, you're, you literally serve the product all day long and yep. you can't pick one or two things that are really good on the menu. Yep. And listen, I think the last time we, you and I were out together, I like, uh, was this at Dairy Queen when we were celebrating? It <laughs> was event? not at Dairy Queen. Okay. That lady, no, wait, now was dairy, it. It yeah, happened at Dairy Queen. She talked me out of the, uh, it, this is, yeah, whatever the, the Blizzard same, flavor was. It looked this great. Is the This is the same principle. <laughs> the same principle is true. But when they suggest something, uh, and they're like, don't get that one, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Or when they're like, when they make a recommendation, even if it's something I don't like, it doesn't mean I'm going to take their recommendation. Like, mm-hmm. I just want you to have an opinion. Like, okay. I want you to show your expertise. If we have a different mm-hmm. taste, that's fine. But like, have an opinion. Yep. People don't want to trust people that don't have opinions. Yeah. Like, what do you believe? I don't know, whatever you believe. Like, then why am I <laughs> paying you? Why are we here? <laughs> Yep. Like, let's just save time and minimize one of us, and that would be the person I'm paying. Oh, yeah. And one right? of my
0: funniest stories early on was a $10 million prospect was selling part of a medical company. It would have been my biggest client, times three. Oh. And he asked me for a two and a half hour meeting, I think it was. I'm sure he was busy and he's like, oh, let's just knock this thing out. I'm going to bring my wife, who I'd never met. And he asked for a two and a half hour meeting.
1: And what did I say? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because, you know, you got 10 million, that's worth two hours of my time.
0: Sure. And I had all these reports, and I was like, I got to fill two and a half hours. And biggest mistake. They took like three, four bathroom breaks, never heard from him again.
1: Which like legitimately within a two and a half hour span of time, no one should have to go to the bathroom three <laughs> times unless you're literally just like, it's a party and you're okay. drinking. And I was and sitting
0: the whole time showing yeah. report, doing everything we teach against now and, and realizing that, that in the future, either, if that ever happened, I'd be like, no, I don't do any meetings longer than an hour. Yeah. If we need more and time, we can meet I think you could say again.
1: with confidence, like, you know, you know hey, Mike, I, I appreciate that you want to really get that all done in one. I, I have found just, in the meetings that I have, one, I will be really good with our time. Mm-hmm. You know, we we will be efficient. Uh, but but two, it's it, there's only so much energy we're gonna have, and it's it's gonna be a lot of energy in a meeting. I I don't think having one that long is is really the best for you and your situation. I, if we have to have another one, we can. But mm-hmm. I'm really confident we can get a lot established and, and done in an hour. Doesn't sound like no. That's right. And a thought exercise
0: that helped me in my career was. Whenever I was facing scarcity, I reminded myself that there's an advisor that's going to start tomorrow, brand new, that's going to build a major practice. I don't know who they are yet, but like our business has been around long enough and there continues to be very successful advisors with very exciting stories. That the thought that somehow everyone that's in the business today has cornered the market on opportunity and like we're, our goal is to hold on to it would make me laugh a little bit because I realized there's somebody starting tomorrow that will find enough business to be very successful. Yeah. So now it's up to me to go find those people. And so so sit in that feeling because scarcity can be a dangerous mindset within our business because it, it impacts every decision. It causes you to kind of constrict. It causes you to settle for smaller clients. It causes you to have bad expectations. So therefore, clients take more of your time. That is one that w- can permeate your business and your life. It makes you treat people differently. Like scarcity... If you were in abundance, and this is like our community and other advisors, and I go to conferences and we sit down and just share our best stuff with each other, yeah, is, this make, it makes the business much less lonely,
1: more fun. Yeah, when you have advisors that think that way. Yeah, here's one that I think is fascinating, and we'll go to a different category. They're going to think I'm just trying to get something out of them, so I better not ask them for anything. Oh, uh, and again, I, I I hear scarcity. I hear. Uh, what's the one you, you self-sabotage, mm-hmm. right? Like they're probably gonna, they are probably gonna not want it. So I'm not even gonna ask it. Yep. Like, so you're back to where you started, which is you have nothing, <laughs> nothing. Right? right? But you didn't have to take the risk. The worst risk. thing that can happen was you're gonna be back where you currently are. Right, and you just did that to yourself. That's right. Right. And again, I, the encouraging thing, I hope that you're hearing in our words is these are obstacles. If it's an obstacle you put in your way, right. then it's an obstacle you can take out of your way, mm. right? And like, that's incredible. Like, don't be hard on yourself and be like, oh, I'm so bad at putting obstacles in my way. Like, well, as l- it, you're better off knowing you put obstacles in your way because then you know that you can take them out. Yep. Other people are like, no, obstacles are just there. And I'm like, no, 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 you put them there. Yep. Like, they should say, thank you for telling me that. Now I know that I can move them versus like, oh, it's just society or the business or whatever. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. Um, the one more I want to touch on is inferiority mm-hmm. that people just believe that, you know, why would someone want to work with me because of my age? why would someone want to work with me because of how long I've been in the business? Um, Yeah, we get the age one a lot. Yeah. Um, Or uh, it has to be perfect or they're going to fire me. Um, How can I be sure that I'm giving the best possible advice? Mm -hmm. And I just think, you know, I'm sure subway owners are proud of their sandwiches, but they're probably not like, this is the best sandwich (laughs) in the world. Like, no, it's just a subway sandwich. And like, that's good enough. You know, like, You don't have to go, are you the best advisor in the world? Like, be humble. Say no. But are you the best advisor that person has met? Like, be that advisor advisor and get after
0: it. Yeah, Yeah, for me, and I reinforce this to my team, is that most of the clients we can interact with are better off with us than without us. Yes. And so, you know, this is kind of the Gitmo term we use, good enough to move on. Like, any step is better than no action at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And if that is a limiting belief, I think as we break that up, is like, I want everybody listening today. The whole purpose of this episode is for us to all recognize this stuff is happening. Sit with somebody, a spouse, a friend. And, and if you're like, I know I have these, I just can't pinpoint it. Like, ask for help to become aware. In future episodes, we'll talk about, like, what can we do to move those right. out of our way? And we're not trying to oversimplify it. Like, this stuff for me, it's, it's deep for me personally. And there's things, again, that I will never completely move out of the way. It's just as opposed to me tripping over it, I recognize it's there and I either walk around or move it. Yeah, And that's the that's the superpower now. It's just recognizing it and, and course correcting
1: quicker. Right. And again, I love, uh, I think you said this earlier, but um, you learned somewhere else, but that you should be scared every day. I don't know if you sh- should or you will. How about, I'm going to push back. If you will, but I think if people aren't scared every day, they're not going to reach their potential. Like you've got to, you got to put yourself in situations and not by scared. I just don't, I don't mean like I'm running across the highway. I mean, like I want to, as I was driving into work this morning, I was sort of like, man, I, I, uh, there was fear in me that I'm like, man, I really want to make that coaching plan. Great for that person. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's help. I'm what I'm saying is it's healthy. It's a healthy yeah. fear cause it makes me better and I'm yeah. not going to shy away from it. I mean, like it's going to make me even more diligent mm-hmm. at doing a good job versus like, you know what? Let's just stop doing those. Yeah. Or yeah, I should just give them their money back yeah. No, like. There's a healthy fear because you're doing good stuff.
0: What I've learned with people is that if if you if anybody knows somebody that feels like they isolate themselves out of fear to avoid hard situations, whether it's just life in general, walking out on the street because they're scared that they'll get hit by a car, when they sit in their house, they're still scared. Yeah, Like the fear doesn't go away. And so I think it's I, we're, we're all going to be scared every day. Can we choose what type of fear it is? And is there a chance that we can take the path that the, there's a chance of a better outcome? Versus if we sit in it and run from it, I promise you it'll never go away. Yeah, You'll just find new things to be scared of. Yeah, And so if, I know in my practice, in my life, it's just like business is hard. I'm scared of a lot of things every day. Yeah. There, I, I, I now believe for myself that there's no path I could take. Because if I believe this, if I believe there's a path I can take where fear will, fear will disappear, I might keep looking for it. And that would be a distraction. Versus now, and this is just kind of how I've had to had hijack this in my own mind. Is the it, I will be? There's always something I'll be scared of. Yeah. There's always something. There's a fear that'll be triggered in me. So the goal is no longer to get rid of that. I've set that aside. It's there. It's here to stay. I'm going to normalize it and live with it. Yeah. And then I'm going to decide what to do next.
1: So I wrote down, and we'll talk about this in a future episode. Find new things to be afraid of. Nice. And the idea is that the goal is not to get rid of mm-hmm. the fear, it's to recognize that it's it's there and deal with it. And then the goal, and this is how people grow, is I wanna get through that fear, over that fear, but not because there's no fears on the other side, but it's like, let's go find something else to be afraid of, let's mm-hmm. find a new level. like. Wouldn't it be great if your fear was, dang it, I'm in another tax bracket now. <laughs> yeah. Darn it. You know what I mean? That's right, yeah. Like I need better tax strategies because I'm making too much money. You're like that's a good problem, that's right? right? Yeah. right? Uh, so we're going to talk a lot more about this. Uh, a shout out to those who contributed uh, and we're going to get really deep into some of these, um, a lot of their fears. Uh, and so we hope this episode has been encouraging to you. I do want to ask very specifically, uh, I've, just, I've just been really blessed in the last, I guess, month, I've probably talked to 50 or 60 different advisors with just one-on-one calls because of our events. And we had people here and went to go speak in a few places um, of just the amount of people that are listening to the show. Mm. And it's funny because I always make it awkward right away. <laughs> and I ought just I just say, well, thank you for leaving a review. And they're like, uh, I haven't. Uh, you know, oh. Oh. And it's funny because <laughs> they know I'm trying to make it awkward. Uh, but really, we really would appreciate leaving a review. And part of that's like, we just want to know that we're doing a good job. And... um we, we know that it helps other people find the show. Uh, so thank you for listening. Thanks for leaving a review. If you haven't, please do. Uh, but we'll, we've got a lot more coming. And uh, we always appreciate the time you spend with us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks,